All right, guys, and some like it hot, we witnessed the death of Toothpick Charlie. So I want to know what your 20s gangster name would be. I'm Mighty Morphin Michael Monday because I have a powerful range of emotions at the start of the work week. <laughs> okay, Ashley, what's yours? I'm Fish Stick Ashley because mobsters make people sleep with the fishes and I bury them in fish sticks. Oh, man. I was only going to give away one point. Michael, you're going to get two because you know me too well. But they always do say sleep with the fishes. So you're going to get a point too, Ashley. Boom. But Michael, I just got to emphasize. Beautiful. If Mighty Morphin Mike had something to say about what time it is. Uh, it's about 722. Right. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to From Under a Rock, the podcast dedicated to taking you out from under the rock on movies you should have seen by now. My name's Steven Zarita. I'm Michael Ornelas. And I'm Ashley Robinson. And this week we watched Some Like It Hot, a 1959 comedy starring the stunning Marilyn Monroe. And Jack Lemmon. And, and some other guy <laughs> whose name I looked up earlier and then... Uh, have since forgotten. Sorry, other guy. We'll get you. But uh, before we, we go diving into the movie, you might notice we have a new guest with us today. Ashley, want to tell us a little about yourself? Sure. I'm Ashley Robinson. I just moved to Los Angeles from Texas. I am a passionate film and TV viewer. I watch probably almost as much TV as Mike does. He well, doesn't realize it. Which that I, is a lot. I We need to talk more in depth before I can accept that that might be possible. I didn't realize when he told me about his TV watching, he was also talking about stuff that was currently on TV, which I didn't include. So I watch entirely too much television, but it's all research. So. There you go. It's all related to your field. That's what I told exactly. my mom when I would like skip class to like watch TV. I was like, it's just more practical. It's field work. She's like, bullshit, go to class. <laughs> I tell myself like, man, I should read more. I need to be more cultured. And then I remember I watch like a movie every week with this and then TV. I'm like, yeah, sure. It's culture. The, po the episode of Power Rangers I watched today, that's culture. Nah. And that's why you got two points, Michael. But it's pop that's culture. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Still culture. You yeah. want you want to know something sad? So I, I keep a running list of all the movies and TV seasons that I have finished uh, each year uh, for 2015 it is only September 9th I am up to uh, I've watched 84 full seasons of TV and 129 movies there you go is that counting from under a rock yes nice very nice nicely done well speaking of this movie Tony Curtis is the name yes. that we forgot <laughs> And yeah, uh, this is a classic 1959 comedy. It's uh, a brief synopsis of it. Joe and Jerry are musicians in Chicago who witness the Valentine's Day massacre and they're witnesses and the mobsters know they're witnesses. So they have to run off to Florida disguised as female musicians to escape the mob. But then it also turns into a love story with Marilyn Monroe, who plays the character Sugar and the mobsters show up and. There's some wacky hijinks and antics that ensue. Very, very funny movie, I thought. Uh, I originally saw this in 2007 when I came out to Los Angeles to take a month-long screenwriting seminar at USC. And they showed us a couple different um, movies and TV shows and pilots to kind of give us an example of what good writing is and things to do. The and TV fan in me has to ask, what was the pilot? Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And because of how it shows her powers and stuff like that and the relationships and all that. Uh, but yeah, this was one of them. And for some reason, this one stuck with me. I, I remembered a lot of funny scenes and moments from this movie. And I, I haven't seen it since until today. So I was glad to revisit it again. What about you guys? Had, who'd seen it before? Who hadn't? So I've seen the movie before. And that's because, like every girl, I'm a Marilyn Monroe fan with those basic quotes in our bathroom. <laughs> And I love this movie because this movie really shows when Marilyn starts having a lot of issues in her personal life and it comes out on set. But she's still beautiful and she can still sing great. So you can kind of see her old spark before her flame kind of starts to die out. Yeah, I was reading just before this that the actors on set, well, you know, there was a lot of unprofessional stuff she was doing on set and forgetting lines and stuff. And they were taking bets on how many takes it would take her to get through stuff that's and I, mean that's mean you know what's mean being unprofessional 
I don't know. I don't know if that's me. I don't, I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe, and I think Michael and I, this is our only movie of hers that we've seen, right? Yeah, and I actually spent most of the movie trying to hide my boner. So, I think that was like probably <laughs> the characters of the movie, too. Yeah. Were, yeah. No, that is that's actually very <laughs> so One scene in particular, the uh, the train scene with yeah, the, yeah. the little slumber party in the, the bed compartment that turns into a party. Yeah. No, I, I, I picked a bad movie to have gym shorts on during... <laughs> Um, and I should have known because it's called Some Like It Hot, which is a very sexualized title. And some do. That's true. <laughs> um, but I had not seen this movie before. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. And uh, comedy, I feel, uh, has evolved so much since this movie came out. It is something very different, um, arguably. But uh, I, I feel that the execution of the comedy in this movie is still very solid Oh yeah. Um, in, in a way that holds up. I mean, there are things that I'm sure are great comedies that are old that at the time were brilliant. They don't hold up. I'm thinking like slapstick stuff. Uh, like, yeah. Like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Um, That's back when like film was so innovative that like just seeing any action on film sure. was a spectacle. So to see someone get slapped in the face yeah. was probably mind blowing. Yeah. But I mean, there was, there was a lot of like witty, uh, lines and dialogue and uh, you guys had I forget which one of you pointed it out but there are a lot of uh, film cliches in this movie but it it may have been the origin of them or several of them or at least in the very early days of a lot of things that went on to be cliches and I think it's because it was a very comedically strong movie and uh, and also none of those moments that are cliched are like they don't like hit you over the head with them like uh later iterations of them that make them a cliche would. So I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I enjoyed it. Like the hallway gag. Yeah. Like, like a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> the, the Scooby-Doo hallway. Yeah. They don't quite dip into cheesy, but you do recognize the idea of losing someone through all the doors in the hallway. They didn't have anything where like one person walked into one room and then, but they came walked out, out the other door. side. They yeah. didn't do that, did they? No, mm-hmm. no, okay. no, no. They just like, it looked like uh, Jack and... Oh man, Jill, they, Jill, Jack and Jill, <laughs> no, Joe and Jerry. It's hard to remember their names because Joe and Jerry become Josephine and Daphne, mm-hmm. and then Josephine also becomes what's Mister Shell Junior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what did you guys think about the love story in this? It's uh, it kind of starts as a love triangle, but then it becomes just a typical one-on-one love story. I kind of feel bad because I feel like Marilyn Monroe got t- typecasted into a lot of dumb blonde oh, yeah. seeking rich man roles. And so I kind of feel like they didn't need to, but they threw her in there to add that to the story. Because I didn't think the love story was really centralized to the plot, um, not necessarily all the way through. And so I feel like they were just trying to capitalize on her, on Marilyn Monroe to add to that. Because I think that's why it made as much money as it did. Because it did make a lot of money, I think. We can, we can look that up. I'm looking it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that. So uh, I can agree that it wasn't integral to the plot. But I thought that actually the chemistry um, between the two of them uh, was was very good. Um, I, I, I actually bought into the romance. Uh, and I thought it was a very charming addition to the film. It probably wasn't necessary for plot, but um, I, I did enjoy the way they played off of one another, even if it did play off of the fact that, like, uh, he was fairly manipulative mm-hmm. in, in oh, scoring very. her. <laughs> and, um, and and dis- kind of deceitful because he, he, she basically gives him the formula yeah, to but, win her over when he's Daphne. But at the same time, it wasn't really in a scumbag sort of way. And there were, there were actually no indications that he was, like, using her or that he wasn't interested in her for anything more than sex. Um, it, it did feel, at least to me as a viewer, uh, like a genuine connection. And I feel that that uh, added to the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that is interesting about this, I think the love story is very charming. It's classic Hollywood. It's like you you know she's gonna jump in the boat with him at the end. Yeah. Like nowadays, it's nowadays there's a trend of like, man, that was too happy of an ending. But with this movie and with the time that this movie came out, like you need that happy ending. Right. But the uh, Joe slash Daphne slash Shell Junior's arc <laughs> is 
kind of, as far as I can tell, pretty instantaneous because at the beginning of the movie, he's a bit of a womanizer. He's going around the agency, kissing on a couple of secretaries, asking them out for dates, but so really they can take his her car and stuff. But, you know, he gets around a little bit. But then all of a sudden after meeting Sugar, he's immediately like, that's all gone. He won't do, he wouldn't do anything. He's going to be very gentle. He's going to put on his glasses and be that, that timid, gentle millionaire. Uh, but also in real life, he's not going to just leave anyone up and dry. He's going to, you know, he's going to call her and leave her a who knows how expensive bracelet that he didn't really buy. It's kind of interesting because it's not, it is a little bit of an instant switch but at the same time maybe his experience of living as a woman has given him a new perspective and maybe he's going to treat women better i don't know they don't dwell on it too much yeah but there's a little something there yeah it's mm-hmm. like rachel Dolezal is all living as a, as a black woman like it's instantaneous <laughs> and she can she totally can relate after you know just claiming it and can i say i never realized the first time i saw this that her name was sugar <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I kept waiting for the real name. I'm like, oh, that's got to be your nickname or something. But no, they just call her Sugar the whole time. I want to see your birth certificate. <laughs> Doctor's like, are you sure you guys want to do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Is it's that a great short name. for something? Is no. That, no. Well, she's got a thing for saxophone players. Okay, so I could not find this movie's budget. And I knew it was an Academy Award winning movie. But geez, 13 Oscar wins and nine nominations. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wait. And I know the, the... 13 wins, but only nine nominations? Plus nine. Yeah, no, and, yeah, yeah, something happened so, there. So they, like, they're Some like, weird gangster this movie mobster. wasn't even nominated for these four categories, but, but we're going to go good. ahead and give it to you. <laughs> Best drag, 1959. Yeah. That's a category, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they just don't put that on TV. Uh, wow, that's crazy. That's, that thing, like, swept. Yeah. Amazing. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, what else? What were y'all's favorite scenes? What stuck out to you in this movie? For me, just because I I want to be loved by you is such a beautiful song. I love hearing her sing it mm-hmm. and dancing to it. Oh, I thought you were asking for our approval. I thought you were about to give an answer and be like, because you want us to love you. Do you want to love me? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll take it. This is a nice <laughs> vibe we've got. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what about you? Oh, hold on. I, I don't want to break this hug yet. Oh, okay. Mm. Let me hold it for just a little longer. This is nice. Michael, watch the hand. <laughs> no. Just go with it, Steven. <laughs> um, my favorite scene. Uh, I can let you know. Honestly, it was probably the the scene in the yacht. Okay. That was a that was a very good scene. I, I yeah. thought that was a really romantic scene, like yeah. more so than the rest of... I mean, obviously, that's the scene. Yeah. But I don't know, are we talking out of our asses as guys who like no. wish that it was like <laughs> that uh, easy? I, I would, not that easy. Because I, I actually, I don't think she was really that easy. I thought that she just had. Uh, I feel that they had a chemistry, mm-hmm. and and oh, that, sure. that compelled both of them to uh, act that way towards one another. So not necessarily that it was that easy, but I thought it was just a very sweet scene, and like I romanticize a situation like that. Where I have the balls to play hard to get enough to like, yeah, like actually like, have someone I, I, be I, like, why isn't it working? But like I so don't. hard to get. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like my, my my username on OKCupid is way too desperate. So like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I thought it was funny, but also I thought it was dragging on. You know, his tactic once he uh, sneaks on someone else's yacht, I forget his name, but the this rich aging playboy millionaire that don't yeah don't call him just what the back of the box of the movie <laughs> said see. about him. He's so a he's uh, aging an playboy. ancient playboy. An ancient playboy. Um, no, yeah, they 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 sneak on his yacht while uh, Daphne has got him distracted on shore, but. Uh, his tactic is to tell her this heartbreaking story, how he was in love once, but she died and he's never been able to love again. And, um, the actually, you know what, with all of the, it's too early for this even to be a thought for this movie, but with the whole cross dressing already being a theme when he's like, Oh no, women don't do, I haven't felt anything for women in a while. I was like, is she going to think he's, Okay, but this movie was 1959. Not even a thought back then. Nowadays, that would be a thought. That would be like, wait a second. He'd go, no, let me show you. But it was a different time. No, his tactic is to, you know, she kisses him and he goes, oh, nothing. I haven't loved since she died. Oh, let me try again. Mm, Nope, still nothing. And it goes on for like a couple minutes while cross-cutting to other scenes before eventually he goes, you know, I think I felt something in my toes. (laughs) You know? (laughs) 
Let me try one more time. Yeah. <laughs> what a tactic. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I don't think that would work. If, if I tried it, they would just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't feel anything oh. either, but it was nice meeting you, and then they would be on their way. And it's funny because it's kind of a reverse of what really happens because she was trying to get him drunk mm-hmm. so he would enjoy yeah. it. Well, the whole movie's like reversal. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that entire scene was essentially centered on him making her feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, intentionally, but like hopefully not to a horrible extent. I, I don't think he wanted to make her feel terrible. But I mean, yeah, the whole reason that she went for it is because is essentially people love a challenge. And he challenge. Uh, no, not yet. That's later in the podcast. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> when does that segment? That's not a segment we've ever done, but I'm open to new things. <laughs> this week on From Under a Rock, we review the Bible. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably like a passage in there, From Under a Rock. That might be a phrase. Yeah, maybe. If this fails, we can sell it off to some group. I yeah. don't know. I have nothing more to say. E- ever. Ever? Nope. Okay. Well, you heard it here last let Michael Ornelas' last words documented on From Under a Rock. Um, my favorite scene is probably that scene on the beach where uh, Mr. Shell Jr. first makes an appearance because, sure. A, I just thought immediately when I saw this movie, oh, Daphne's going to the beach with her. How is he? How is he going to pull that off with a bathing suit? And I totally forgot in 1929 bathing suits were like dresses. Oh, okay, that's how he pulls it off. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but then also it was just really funny seeing Shell Junior. I can't remember his first fake name. Sure, uh, shows up, tells some kid to scram. The kid was collecting shells earlier. You can see him making stuff up, incorporating everything. Sugar told him on the train with the glasses and the newspaper. She likes a man who reads with those little eyes, and then a very timid man. And he's you know doing all this and a millionaire with a yacht, and he's got a, he's pointing out to his yacht. But then the the icing on the cake. Is and I think this is classic comedy, was but the it kind dude of one up. Came it. out with the gun, right? Yeah, the icing, icing on the, on the cake. cake. Yeah, but he took some <laughs> home for his kid. No, no. When he pulls the uh, oh, I love to collect shells. I guess that's why we named the company after him. Something me and my grandma, grandpa did. It, it, I thought that was such a great joke. I laughed so hard there, also because it wasn't like usually with a setup punchline, you say the setup, but he like used a setup that the other kid accidentally left behind. Right, yeah, it was it was an organic, like... Yeah. Well, it, it obviously was scripted, but, like, it felt very organic in yeah. the moment, like, oh, I'm just going to look yeah, around. Yeah, he didn't, and, like, let me get something here. Yeah, no. Yeah. Very smooth. Yeah, and it was, it, it was also interesting to see that, uh, I mean, this isn't, like, anything old's fault, per se, but... Old's fault. <laughs> uh, but, like, most of the time when there's, like, a joke like that in an old movie or something... You don't get it. Yeah, uh, but like Shell through all like mergers and bankruptcies and stuff that like happen in a, a fairly volatile industry yeah. is still around. Mm-hmm. And like so you can watch it in 2015 and like actually still get the joke about Shell gas. And Gasoline that's, is that's very just a volatile. coincidence. So don't. OK. Yeah. Flammable. <laughs> very flammable. Be fi- very careful. No. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about like, the, you know, some jokes just don't hold up either because the comedy's changed or also just the references you don't get. Maybe these companies or names or people aren't around anymore and nobody knows who they are or what they are. But what? yeah, Shell was obviously and is obviously still a huge player. But also we were joking about <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> man. When Shell shows up to a party, he gets so many women. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't call. Them. And he doesn't call, except for that one. Yeah. Uh, no, the uh, earlier on in the movie... They're talking about like, oh, there's going to be a, they need musicians at a dance down at the school. How much is it going to be? Twelve dollars. <laughs> and then we're, we're thinking like, is that a lot of money or a little money back then? How much did musicians get paid? Like, I, I don't When they don't were know. filling up the tank and it was 40 cents. cents? What is like, that? Is like ten dollars? Is, is, is that five gallons? <laughs> five gallons is a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't stuff like that just makes me mad. Even like watching movies from the nineties and you see like a gas station sign it's like in the 90 background. Cents. I'm like, screw you guys. Yeah. Okay. You don't know how good you had it. And I, I, I forget what the movie was, but I've, <laughs> I've I've watched a movie that had like it was like a dollar ten. Was it Die Hard? 
I don't know. But they, they complained about the price of gas, and I was like, oh. "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, they they don't know how good they are. No, in Die Hard, there's a, we've all seen Die Hard, right? Yes. Yeah, I watched it last Christmas for the first time. Oh, perfect time to watch it, man. Yeah. That that is a Christmas movie. Yeah, no, that's yeah, no. that's exactly why I watched it because I knew that like I, I've heard people call it their favorite Christmas movie, and I yeah. think it's a Christmas movie, and I watched it. Oh I was yeah, like, I'll take it. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the first time you see the cop character, that scene opens up with uh, a shot of. I think an AM PM and you can see the gas prices for like three seconds. And you're like, what? 80 cents. What? Or maybe it was like a dollar 18. I don't know. It was still ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And man, I wish we could go back to that or the fifties or 1929, just not 1929 prohibition era, Chicago. Can we talk about the movie starts off with some crazy driving? Like, Really impressive yeah. like stunt crazy work. stunt work. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about how like this movie is kind of a true action comedy. Yeah, because I kind of feel like I'm seeing all of the cliches from action comedy movies we've seen in recent years in this movie. But the stunts were better because there are real people driving them, and <laughs> yeah. they could, I think a they lot were really less safe and yeah. Wrecked. yeah. So like, hey, There's... we're gonna we're gonna fishtail this uh, Model T around. <laughs> Feel free to just hold on to the side. And then <laughs> jump off. You jump off at the end and shoot at the guy. And the rest of you stay in the car. Yeah, like a guy jumps off. I'm like, that is so and, dangerous. And they do a collision into another car. Yeah. And it like, you can tell that it wasn't effects. It was just somebody just actually drove a car into another car. Yeah. There's, there's a stunt. They didn't even have airbags back then. No. Or, did they have seatbelts? Probably. I don't think they had seatbelts yet. In the driver's seat, I think they have. But Model like, T. Mm. Well, Model T's were before 29. Model T's were like the 19s like 1910 12 there's a stunt after the the massacre when uh jerry and joe are just kind of hiding in the alleyways trying to get away right before they run in and decide to cross-dress as women when a cop car comes barreling around the corner and it's nothing crazy like the opening stunts but at the same time like it's such a tight space that car comes barreling around the corner you think those actors have to hit their marks and their timing just perfect because that car is going way too fast like it can't really Mm -hmm. stop on a dime or if it swerves around that's still a huge accident like and you can't do that in more than one take either like yeah so that's crazy that they were able to do things like that yeah and this is in a world where scenes had a lot less cuts in them and there's just a lot less opportunity to hide that it was which I kind of appreciate. It's a very nice, fresh change of pace because I love stylized camera work and I love, you know, intense depth of field. But sometimes it's nice to kind of go to something that, you know, you can just scale back and let the scene play out. And, and comedies tend to do that more. Oh, yeah. They don't go with the stylized looks and the cinematography. But yeah, it was just very interesting to watch this very standard but on point style of filmmaking or even think about the train scene when daphne pulls the emergency brake how many actresses do you think would actually just fall from five feet and be okay with it in this day and age i thought that was really neat. a lot of another thing i loved was this movie has like no concept of how sound propagates (laughs) because there's a scene on the train where the girls all decide to throw a party in one of the bunks and the the or, uh, conductor and manager for the band are sleeping at the bunk at the end of the hall. And there's only like maybe seven rows of bunks to a piece or, you know, a bunk is of course to a piece. Yeah. Uh, and they're having this big party, just like six bunks down. It's like, how did they not wake up? How did they not hear it? These girls are like, Oh, I'll bring the vodka. I'll bring the, the rum. Oh, I got uh, cheese and crackers. And then like someone joked, well, why don't they just start playing music? And then it's a party. I don't know how they didn't wake <laughs> up. And then later the hotel, which was actually the hotel. San- what was it? Michael hotel del Coronado in San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in Coronado, Coronado, in Coronado. Island, but it's right near San Diego. Right. Which is, you know, the film's location for Florida. I, I took a romantic getaway there with my former oh, with roommate. The s'mores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that anywhere in the hotel? Like, this is where they filmed Some Like It Hot? Was that anywhere around there? Like, plaques? Or... We stayed at the hotel. Did Was that mentioned anywhere at the hotel? Oh, was the movie mentioned at the hotel? Yeah. No. Oh, man. Oh, they're missing out. This is a classic movie. Uh, I th- but it's a very famous hotel. Oh, I so bet. I, I'm sure it's been in a lot of movies. It's probably oh, yeah. in a, a huge list, but like, still. I, there was a scene where uh, uh, Jack Lemmon and uh, Marilyn Monroe are on the beach, and he's trying to catch Joe. Uh, sh- 
like he, before he gets back to the hotel. When when he comes oh, back, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. in the not bath. literally catch, but catch up to him. Yeah, and and so like when they're like standing there, he's like, "We need to go. We need to go right now." I was like, "I have stood right there and like just people watched with with Trey, my wow, my old roommate." Um, See any yachts? There were no yachts. Oh. But we did get a romantic couple's s'mores on the beach because it was... It, already paid for. Well, yeah, it, it was an already paid for How romantic sweet. getaway. And then we broke up weeks before going. And I was like, I'm going anyways, but taking my roommate. See? <laughs> Some like it hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also like the scenes in the hotel where the hotel doors are just like screen or like wooden slit doors. They're not solid doors. Uh, they're like patio doors, and the and the Jack or Joe and Jerry are are talking in their just normal man's voice. Just we know who you're talking the about. The Jays uh, are just talking their men voices, and it's like again, how does da- how does Sugar directly across the hall from them not hear these voices? I kept expecting that scene where the conductor or the manager would come in and be like, "Who's this man doing here?" And they'd have to play off a, a funny scene where they're like, oh no it's not what it looks like he's just leaving oh sorry sir i didn't mean to intrude oh this is this is my room jump out the window i, I kept expecting that to happen but it never did yeah it was weird i think it adds to the charm yeah they, they didn't know how sound works yeah. but it works it's better a- i guess <laughs> there's a there's one moment in the movie i want to talk about um in i mean not necessarily a negative light but like the times now versus the times mm-hmm. then. There's a lot of that. Um, the very ending where uh, Josephine goes up and kisses Sugar in front of everyone, but she but still in drag, mm-hmm. and it felt like there was a lot of implied comedic value in the idea of a girl kissing a girl for 1959. Like that would have made the audience erupt laughing because that's so absurd. And nowadays, it's like. I like to think we're a progressive enough culture to where we're more or less unfazed by the idea of that visual. Um, And so I just thought it was interesting because I I did feel like, yeah, it was a genuine moment between the characters, but I can't help but think that like they could have had, they, they, if they wanted to have it more serious, they would have had him like take off the wig and like, yeah. uh, Connect with her like face to face that way. Um, And so like as, as a comedic moment, I, I feel like it doesn't land or do it. It doesn't even register yeah. as comedy to me. I don't know what they were going for because I wasn't around in 1959, so I can't speak as to <laughs> what their intentions were. But to me, back when I saw it in 07 and, and watching it now, I read that scene as just very dramatic and shocking because dramatic because, yes, these characters are having this moment. It's this big kiss. It's what he thinks is his final goodbye. You know, He just can't leave the hotel without telling her goodbye in person. Uh, but then also the shock would come from the audience within the the theater, the, within the film, within the hotel. Right, right, right. They would be shocked. So it's just high emotions all around. Yeah. So that's the way I read it. I, mm-hmm. I never got comedy out of it. But again, I'm I'm seeing it in the 21st century. So I, I don't know that lens. Yeah. Um, and and I, I can't speak for sure if that was the intent. But and, and yeah, I did feel drama there as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I just couldn't help but feel like. Uh, just the way it was like framed and like and all that it was just kind of like a shock value comedy gag um but i could be wrong about that what did you think of the very last line in the movie with the uh, I loved ancient it. playboy i loved it <laughs> it was it was the most predictable thing ever i i knew that like Hey man, he just loved him for him. Yeah, yeah. I like to think like he knew the whole time. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Oh, you're you're a man who likes to dress in women's clothing. Hey, I'm all right with that. And I think and he's the real hero of the story. <laughs> that would have probably had the biggest comedic value to the yeah. audience. I feel like everybody would have left home laughing, which I don't find myself doing too many times at the end of a comedy movie. Yeah, you know, nowadays well, random thought. But nowadays, everything has to be way more PC and we're way more accepting of like transgender and transvestite and trans everything. Uh, I mean, compared it, to it's that, more compared prevalent. To that. Uh, yeah, compared to that. But do you think mm-hmm. whatever, it, it is still definitely an uphill battle, though? For sure. Yeah. But do you think however many years in the future that someone would watch that scene and just not get a reaction and be like, yeah, that makes sense? Because then the comedy would be completely lost. I think maybe kids nowadays probably wouldn't think it would be that great yeah like i feel like my sister who's a teenager um she would just be kind of like okay 
what else is happening. Yeah. <laughs> she probably doesn't even know who Marilyn Monroe is, to be honest, if I think about it. Osgood Fielding III is the name of the ancient playboy Osgood yacht owner Fielding. millionaire. Of course it is. The character the or the actor? The, the character. Okay. I do remember him saying the third when he first meets Daphne. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last thing I have to point out, and it's something we all kind of agreed on, was the mobster storyline was hard to follow. Yeah. Yes. It, it's a driving force at the beginning. It's what causes the inciting incident. You know, they have to leave Chicago. But they come back in the late second act, and it, it gets confusing because we have Spatz, who was the mobster who killed everybody at the St. Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago. And he comes back, and there's essentially a gangster convention uh, <laughs> under the guise of, I think, Italian <laughs> musicians convention. Yeah. But gangster convention happening at the same hotel. And there is this higher-up gangster. I guess he's the head mobster that all these other gangs are working for. And, you know, he has spats killed. And th- we were wondering, like, wait, who's who's on whose side here? Are they for each other? Are they against each other? And they just happen to be in the same space. One thing I thought was confusing was the head gangster. Uh, what was his name? He had that earpiece. I don't even remember his name. Oh, I just looked at it. Earpiece like, Earl. That's Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. <laughs> uh, Def, with Def this, Lex, Lex Luthor. With his 1992 Walkman on. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was like, didn't my dad used to go jogging with that thing? Honestly, though, uh, Michael pointed this out before we watched the movie. It's about two hours and 12 minutes long? 201. Okay, so just a little over two hours. I kind of forgot what happened with the mobsters. Yeah, it was so long ago yeah, that... And they brought him in so late back in at the end of the story that I just couldn't remember. Yeah, I, I, I had already discarded them in my mind. I was like, okay, well, they served their purpose. We're moving on with the story. I don't need to focus on yeah. them. But then I had to think like, wait, who's this guy? Did we see him before? I don't think we did. Um, and then there's this weird thing where at the dinner they say, let's have a moment of silence for our seven fallen comrades. And I'm thinking, are they talking about the guys they killed at the in Chicago? And everybody stands up except Spatz and his guys. And I thought, okay, are they against each other? But then the head mobster earpiece guy <laughs> yells at him for letting the witnesses get away. So then I thought, wait, are they with each other? So to, it was confusing. To clear it up, I looked it up. Um, and when they killed everybody, Toothpick Charlie was one of the guys they killed in Chicago. And he oh. was a friend of the head mobster. They had been in choir together, which is why... They that. had been in choir together? Yeah, when they were kids. Why would you say that as though that's a normal detail? Because that is like the least, the last well, thing like I would they, expect. They make, a deaf they, guy was singing. They went. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't very good. They went to an Italian musician's convention. Yeah. Oh, so okay. maybe yeah. it makes sense. I couldn't remember where Toothpick Charlie came from yeah, either. I, so I don't that remember helps. being very prominent in the movie either because he just dies in a in a, a row i think he might they might have highlighted him like oh charlie your your card was going to be a good hand or something but they don't really make it but it, that important but i guess it's an important detail to the relationship of these mobsters because the head mobster then kills the guys i thought it was confusing i thought that was the for me weakest part of the film yeah i i kind of didn't need them to come back i mean yeah, you do kind of need that ending where they have to run off and it's high stakes and they have to run away, but I think it, it was still like, could have it been was done like differently. the second act was just kind of a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah. yeah. We ready to... Yeah, anybody closing thoughts before we move into a... Mm-hmm. Well, let's give our closing thoughts as we rate it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that although Michael probably likes her dresses more than I do, <laughs> I oh, never yeah. realized how low cut and sheer Marilyn Monroe's She's dresses She's not really were. wearing a lot. She's not. And it's kind of funny to see that, especially like with Kanye West saying Kim Kardashian's the Marilyn Monroe of our generation. Kim's and- more covered up and she's more covered up than Marilyn her, yeah. but it doesn't seem I mean her dress, totally wrong yeah. it still kind of seemed pretty classy for Marilyn yeah her, her dress seemed like just glorified pasties yeah it really did <laughs> they, they, they start up as pasties and it kind of flows down the front of her yeah they're just the dress they're, they're falls down pasties. and then <laughs> a little like and it goes sounds. a little bit to the back because it's like her entire back it's like a, a completely backless dress yeah um but hey, they got Marilyn Monroe, so yeah. I guess that's what you do. I mean, she's a knockout. Yeah. She doesn't need oh, much. 12 out of 10. Seriously. That's, mm-hmm. that's not how the scale works. 
Yeah. For her, it does. You have to girls, calibrate. You have to have a 10, and the 10 is the highest on the scale. You can have a 12-point scale, and she can be a 12 on that. 15. 15 out of 12. You don't know numbers. You don't know women. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, let's before, before I do ratings... Uh, Ashley, I'm going to give you another point for bringing some serious Marilyn Monroe knowledge into the conversation. Yes. Dropping some Dropping Monroe. some points. Monroe. Dropping some Monroe. <laughs> Dropping some Monroe. The rowing squad. All right. Rowing let's move team. into ratings. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Do it. It's a good movie, but yeah, the, the whole mobster thing uh, lost me at several points. Not necessarily in terms of being confused, although I was, but in terms of interest. I had a lot less interest in their getaway from the mobsters as... I did the romantic elements and like the will they get discovered for their cross dressing. Um, I, I thought that was a more interesting and unique conflict. Yeah. I've seen mob movies. I haven't seen white chicks. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's a scene that would happen in white <laughs> chicks. Like I think in white chicks, there are some scenes where they're like, Hey, w- I don't, re- I don't remember the movie. Like whose boxers are these? Yeah. Oh, that's a, you know, that's a scene. Yeah. Which is surprising. There's not that much slapstick comedy yeah. in this. So uh, my rating doesn't necessarily reflect my enjoyment. I enjoy it actually a little bit more than I'm going to rate it. I'm you gonna, can do that. Yeah. I'm going to give it a B plus. I will go next. Uh, I'll echo what you said. There was also a, a decent amount of moments in this movie where I was where some some dialogue came off as, "Oh, that's an actor reading a line." <laughs> uh, Where's my I want more coffee? That guy at the beginning. Oh, well, yeah. Also, just Walkman guy. Walkman like, guy. Just the the, <laughs> the most mobster. over-the-top delivery. Every mobster is like a, a stereotypical accent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, boss, I don't know what to do. Come on, boys. Uh, they even say that, I think, in this movie. But uh, and then they almost slap someone in the face with a grapefruit. Which almost became <laughs> a classic comedy centerpiece if they had just done but, it. But instead we held off and it became pie, which is much nicer. Yeah. Almost became cake. Uh, yeah, some acting brought me out of it. A little bit of Marilyn's lines and also her character, I thought, again, I guess product of the times, wasn't well written. She, like her main motivation was like, oh, I, I just, you know, I always end up falling for men. And that's about all she does in the movie. That and sing. Uh, not much going on there. Uh, so also I'm going to give it a B plus. Very enjoyable, but just a couple things holding it back. I'm going to say the same. Uh, for me, I didn't realize how confused I was by the gangster storyline until at the end when I couldn't remember anything about the gangsters except that somebody died and somebody was pissed, so they ran. And I I just hate that that movie is so long. Like, it drags on and on for me. So it also, I also It also didn't help that we took a pizza intermission. That's true. <laughs> I really wanted to take a nap near the end. But, um, like, I would still give it a... I would give it an A minus just because I like how it was kind of like a vehicle for Marilyn to kind of bring herself back, but she never really did. So cool. Cool. Well, that leaves us at a high B plus for an average. Nice. Um, you know what was weird? Or a 15 out of 12? Yeah, 15 out of 12. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, none tw- of us, that's 12 none out of 15. None of us gave an A double plus, which also isn't a thing. I think this movie's... You, you guys don't it, know letters either. You said it in the movie. This might be the first example of bros before hoes, because Daphne slash Jerry gives up. <laughs> Jumps on that grenade to be with the ancient playboy. Yeah, no, but he, get, he gives up... He had a connection with her, too, but he gives that up, like, really, like, Real no fast. problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, let's do a points recap. Where are we? Two to two. Two to two. two, to you two. Ain't, and you ain't got nothing. I ain't Steven. in the game. I ain't in the game. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. What game do you say? I say the challenge. 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 challenge do challenge. I say it too? Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Challenge this week. You are living in Los Angeles or wherever you want to, but you witness something horrible and your only way of escaping it, your only way of living, your only hope is you got to go, you got to go cross dress. So I want to know what situation has forced you to this course of actions and where does it lead you? Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. You can go first. Hit me with it. So there I was, I was standing in front of my mirror and I looked a little closer and I saw something horrible. Love handles. 
And I asked Ashley, I was like, hey, what's the name of this workout program you're going to be doing? She said, it's Camp Gladiator. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I want to get in on that. Then she tells me it's called the eight-week bikini body challenge. But that's for women. I, I I can't get a bikini body if I'm a man. That's when I decide I'm going to commit to the tuck. I'm going to cross dress. <laughs> so I show up at Camp Gladiator. My junk is tucked between my legs. I have spent hours upon hours upon hours waxing most of my body. I gave up because it still would have been more hours and I don't have that kind of time. And uh, eight weeks later, not much happened. Um, I'm, I'm not very committed to workouts. I'm not good at that. But uh, my experience as a woman uh, was invaluable. Uh, I learned uh, at least the mechanism of how a tampon works. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> need it for any practical reasons for me personally because I didn't. You know, I didn't get rid of my my uh, piece. Um, but it, it was very enlightening. It was eye opening. All right. I like that. I, I, I prefaced with something horrible happens, and your only way out is cross-dressing. And that horrible inciting event was, I was looking in a mirror. <laughs> and Michael, so that's, you might not have committed. That's but every day. Oh, what do you mean I didn't No, no, no. Commit. Hold on. No, no, no. That could I'm talking be about horrible. your character, not your, not your participation <laughs> in the challenge. Your character might not have committed to the uh, Camp Gladiator, but you did do the Bikini Body Challenge. I assume you, you know, that ends with, you know, you standing somewhere in a bikini. Can you describe, can you describe it for me? Love handles everywhere. Oh, Still, not the answer I was looking so for. So many love handles. I was looking for a 1920s swimsuit because that's the only way you'd get away. Oh, no. Just Unless you still, tape. No, <laughs> just love handles galore. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're going to get three points. You might nice have got job. an extra if you had given me that, that answer I was looking for, but didn't so, quite get there. I'm sorry. You can't stifle my creativity, though. Ooh. You can try. That was good. I, creativity. I tried. Thank you. See, mine's more of a practical approach to the situation. All right, let's hear it. The horrible thing I witnessed was my bank account. Oh. Because <laughs> we have student loans. Yeah, we do. And we have to pay for student loans. We live in Orange County, which is the first place they started the Real Housewives. And my idea is to cross-dress as a man, get one of these women pregnant, <laughs> and get my student loans paid. Now, as a woman, you might be saying, how does this work? One word. I do want to know how this works. Two words. Turkey baster. <laughs> oh! Well, technically, it's a combo of four words. Technically. I feel like it's much more easy for me to do this than it would be for you to... For you to acquire sperm? Yeah. yeah it would be easy I, I'd for I'd imagine me to get that sperm. it's not that difficult And all you need is a turkey baster, and then I could, like seduce this woman with a night of romance and candles where I would of course blindfold her and uh, turkey asking, baster. Asking for a friend, can you like describe this night of romance? So <laughs> first off, there would be a lot of sheer dresses. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. For her, I, not for me because I'm right, a man right. of, of course. course. And I have to figure out a place to put this turkey baster. Usually there's a the lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of details I haven't worked out, but my student loans will be paid. I, I, th- I think the logical conclusion is that that is, in fact, true. Okay. <laughs> and then what happens if your wife finds out about you? What then? So if you do any of you follow Real Housewives? No, not at all. Half I've, wa- of I've, them... watched, I've watched the Real Hot Wives of Orlando. Okay, so you kind of get the point. Yeah. Half of them aren't housewives, so they get divorced and an old really fast. Oh, okay. And... I'm just going to go with the flow and figure out how to do that without getting caught. But I also have a feeling that uh, they seem like the type of women who, uh, if need be, they would have no hesitation getting an abortion. What happens if they abort your your anchor baby, your plan for money? That's a big... If you watch Real Housewives, they drink... Oh, never mind. That is a good question. (laughs) Oh, I didn't think that far ahead. Like, I think even if they were genuinely in love with you and you didn't leave them, they would still probably be like, I'm not having a kid right now. I think I'd have to use multiple turkey basters. Just keep them pregnant? Just keep them coming. Like, oh. like every time they get the Literally. <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh, that man. Is, this turned into Weirdly like the dark weirdly darkest thing we've <laughs> ever done on this podcast. <laughs> well, at least I didn't come up with it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm Ashley Robinson. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, for taking us into our darkest moment yet, I like where it took us, though. In a weird way, we're edgy now. I don't know. Maybe we don't want to be edgy. But I don't mind it. 
<laughs> uh, You're thinking about the turkey basters right now. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> we didn't. You didn't quite think out the plan. There was a couple holes in it, but it did take us to an interesting place. Uh, you're getting it two points, All actually, right. for your plan. And yes. I wish you both success. And I'm sorry, uh, y'all, th- these are the course of actions that you have to, to do this. But I'll refer to you as your other names. No one will ever know. I didn't see anything. Sure. Okay. I don't really know what you just said, <laughs> like, as far as just... I was I was referencing the movie when oh, just they're like, we didn't see nothing. Oh, okay. And, yeah. How many points, Michael? Uh, I have five. Ashley has Four. Four. Ooh, alrighty. Michael, you win, no surprise, the challenge. You only say it when we're going into it. You don't need to. You win the thing we just did. 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 That's harder to say. It's a little better, though. And as the winner, you get the next pick in the foire cycle. However, next week we are having two very special guests on, known as Gilmore Guys. Uh, Kevin Porter and Demi Long Last Name. How, uh, do you know how to say it? You, no. You know what? What does I it will look have like? a recording next week when he comes in. Hold on. Uh, it's spelled like A D G A or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's like I kid you not, probably thirteen letters. It's a very cool name, Ooh. but I don't know how to pronounce it. Adiju um, uh, Yigbe is my guess. How would you say that? He's. I've heard him say it, and it's a lot shorter. A J A J. You know what? They say it, we should know this. They say it on Gilmore Guys. And the the Gilmore Guys is a podcast that reviews every episode of the Gilmore Girls ever since it first came onto Netflix. And I believe they're on season five now. Yeah, insanely popular podcast, old friends of ours from college. And we are very happy to have them on the get on the uh, the as guests next week on the podcast. So look forward to that. They are going to be really fun to talk to. Uh, And do you want to tell us what you'll be picking the week after that? Um, Yeah, I would love to. Uh, You know what? We'll do a big one. We're going to do Pulp Fiction. Yes. Okay. I've been holding off on this one specifically for the podcast. All right. Very nice. And then, Ashley, before we wrap things up, tell us a little bit more about yourself, the stuff you do, where we can find it online, if it is online. I don't have anything online, but if you want, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. My handle is Ashapalooza, so A-S-H-A-P-A-L-O-O-O-Z-A. And you've Three got that. O's. Three O's. And that's across the entire, all the social media board? All of them. Ashapalooza. Very nice branding. Yeah. Very consistent. That's the yeah. secret. You got to have the same name on all platforms. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of do, but then I like switched to one because I like realized that my, my original handle that I made in like I want to say sophomore year of high school is just really stupid. Touchbutt Pro? No, that one's great. <laughs> <laughs> what no. are you talking about? <laughs> Empire of Ownage. Oh, oh, it's, like my email that's your address. Yeah. it's my like my uh, PlayStation Network Yeah, I was going to say, were you playing video games when you made that? Yeah. Uh, no, actually I'll, I'll tell you the origin of it because it's super stupid. Uh, in AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, Good a bunch start. of my friends were getting like automated messages sent to them that were like, check out this picture. And, and then they would give them a virus that would cause their AIM to now send out this message mm-hmm. to all their friends and stuff. And I always knew better than to click on stuff like that. And all of them were like getting really sick of having this virus. And I had found a website um, that is a fairly easy process to get rid of this virus. And like whenever a friend would like accidentally do that, I would like then text or call them and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to give you, you know, the way to get rid of this virus. But you have to put in your uh, aim profile that Michael Ornelas owns me. And, <laughs> and, and I had built up an empire, empire of, of owning. So, so two extra points. I know it's over. but <laughs> so, get them. so my profile literally just consisted of people who I owned. Oh, that's so funny. That is funny. Yeah. You should still see if you can try and get yeah, those. Yeah, you should no, dig I, up that list. Oh, like the for li- other like social media. Oh, I, I, like my my Facebook is facebook.com slash Empire of oh, okay. Ownage. Like, oh, I thought yeah. you meant you should and like my original Twitter is Empire of Ownage, oh, okay. but I used gotcha. it mostly for pro wrestling stuff, and I wanted a Twitter that wasn't that and just more touch but pro comedy. So it's touch but pro, which is actually short for touch but productions, which oh, is my YouTube channel <laughs> that I never really started. But like, so now it's just oh yeah, I'm just really pro at touch touching but butts. Bro. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to our group Hot Girl, you're, you'll know that yeah. he is. Um, if you want to bring that Empire of Ownage thing back and kind of be that guy again, no. I don't know if it's still a thing, but there is like 
it's not a virus, but a thing on Skype where if you if Are you you're trying Sky- to tell me to like give viruses <laughs> to my friends just so I can yes. save them from it? Yes. You I are sick. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's if you type in like two specific characters and send it to someone who has Skype on their Apple device, I think, it it crashes their system. And it's something simple like what? space semicolon. If you send just that. They don't, not even opening it or replying it. Them just receiving that in the app crashes their phone. That doesn't sound real. And if it is, screw you, <laughs> whoever made that and you for spreading that info. So thanks for we listening. We should edit that out of the podcast because <laughs> Wait, people don't I? need that evil. It wasn't, it's, I don't think it's space semicolon. Maybe it is. Can I shout out something that's yeah, starting this week? All right. So do either of you, have is either it, of you is seen. It Camp no, it's not. <laughs> have either of you seen ever. Flavor of Love. No. Okay, so I, mean, I know what it is. But. It's it's the best show, especially is it? yes. Um, if you're a fan of reality television, all of these shows pretty much got their premise from Flavor of Love. That's probably mm-hmm. fair. It's, yeah, a lot of like the housewife shows. It's ridiculous too. I watched and the one with uh, what's his face, uh, Brett Michaels. Oh yeah, <laughs> Rock of Love. Rock of Love. They oh, got yeah. this start from Flavor of Love too, and Flavor of Love is such a character, so it's fun to watch. But. Um, uh, t- on Twitter at Brokey McPoverty, she started a live. <laughs> yes, that is the best Twitter handle. <laughs> Her name's Tracy. She's one of the hosts from a different podcast called Another Round. She's hilarious, and she just found out that Flavor of Love is now on Hulu. Ooh. So she's live tweeting, watching Flavor of Love from the beginning, and I'm going to join in because oh, it's nice. so funny. So if anybody wants to do that, her handle is at Brokey, B-R-O-K-E-Y, McPoverty, and I think it starts this week. So let's watch Flavor of Love together. Do it. Get on that Twitter. Um, speaking of Twitters, you can follow us at FUA Rock Podcast. You can also email us your thoughts on our movies as we review them at FUA Rock at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you guys think about Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen it yet, so let us know your thoughts if there's anything we should look out for. And we'll read it and shout out to you live on the podcast, live when we record it, not like a live broadcast. But you'll hear us. We'll, we'll, we'll read it on podcast. So please do that. And also give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. There's a link to that in the description if you want a quick link to it. As and always, if you're going to rate us on iTunes, give us four or five stars, preferably five. Uh, or give us one, two, or three if you're unsatisfied with the product. But if you do, you probably know us personally. I'd rather you text message me and be like, hey, fix this, and then I'll give you a five-star rating instead of putting it out there into the world that you think we are just one star. That's rude, and it's inaccurate. I think we have a good product. So, you know, you know, don't be a dick. Don't nice. be a dick. Hashtag Michael or Hashtag don't be a dick. Hashtag. I like it. Um... But yeah, all that fun stuff. And Michael, you got anything coming up you want to shout out to? No. Um, I got to get my California driver's license. Shout out to the DMV hell that I'm about to be going through. Do How it. did I get mine before yours? You got to schedule. <laughs> you got to go in and schedule that ahead of time. Yeah, it's Much 30 quicker. minutes. That's what I did. And then, uh, hey. Did you only have to go once? Mm-hmm. Did you like do a bunch of research beforehand? I read the test prep once or twice. If you knew how many text messages I received from my mom alone today, making it sound like this is going to be the most hellish process in my life, <laughs> you would be alarmed. <laughs> All you have to do is sign up for an appointment and read that test, the test prep. You'll be fine. Okay. Nice. Um, shout yeah. out to the DMV. Shout out to the DMV. <laughs> and the John Cena Power Rangers video is doing much better on Hyperdrive. Thank you, Philip DeFranco, for linking to that. That helped out a lot. Got a lot more views that way. And also, shout out to Jess Lazama. Uh, look her up on YouTube. I think it's youtube.com slash exotic Jess for also shouting out to us. We had a fun collab with her. Made a really cool intro graphic. It was really fun working with her. Go check out her back to school video for everybody going back to school. And with all that... Even will, if you're not going back to school. If you're not going back to school, you could learn how, to, how you should have organized your locker. Or even like if you have <laughs> fond memories of going back to school and want to compare notes. There it's you easy. go. Hey, I actually did that. Anyways, thanks for listening. We will see you again next week with the Gilmore Guys. And this has been another episode of... Wait, no, I'm Steven Stupin, Suburban the Burbs, the Jerk Zarita. Take it over. Come on. And your name you're be- is... No, you're better than that. Do it. Steven Stupin, the Burbs, Suburban Zarita, the Jerk. And you are Mighty Morphin. No, that's not gonna, we're not going to have that stick. I'm Michael Ornelas, ah. a.k.a. Mike Bourbon. You are... And I'm Ashley Robinson, a.k.a. Asha Palooza. There we go. Thanks for listening to From From Under Under a a Rock. Rock.